Hey, it's Against All Odds presented by FanDuel. Two new champions are about to be crowned, and with FanDuel, you can bet right up until the victory parades. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub filtered by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, get in the action after the games have already started with live same-game parlays. Are you kidding me? Yes. They're available for every NBA and NHL game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 or older and 18 or older in D.C. and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. All right, welcome to Cousin Sal's winning weekend. Oh, man, my 2024 was going so solid for almost two whole weeks. And then, what a surprise. The Cowboys ripped my heart out, and everything came crashing down to earth. I know. My bets weren't much better than my boys. Lots of booing today. All in all, it was quite the opposite of a winning weekend. But we're going to turn it all around this week. We've got Andre Reed. Yeah, that guy's a winner. He has a nice extra large gold jacket to prove it. He's going to give us his thoughts for that big slugfest between his Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. I bet he's pulling for the Bills. Then my pal brother Bry and I will hit that game and the rest of the divisional round matchup sides totals props futures we cover it all and listen to this last week on ringer wise guys i believe i was the victim of a curse initiated by a relative of someone on this crew i'll tell you who it is in a second the head of hr doesn't believe me but all this losing can't be my fault right i'm convinced we're going to get into all that during our wager rager segment but before any of that let's recap this week's big nfl headlines in the segment that is currently in negotiations for a contract extension with jerry and the joneses it's cover four All right, after my beloved and behated Cowboys' latest exit from the playoffs last Sunday, I received upwards of, I don't know, 100 text messages, which ranged from, so sorry, you must be devastated, to, haha, your team is putrid and always will be. Now, most of those latter taunting texts were from my friend Harry, who doesn't have a favorite team or cable TV. But the point is, there was no in-between. My friends are either super supportive or they're auditioning to be on the next season of Roast Battle. And I have to tell you, both extremes are ridiculous. I'm a 52-year-old man. I shouldn't need a wellness check after my favorite football team loses. I've been through this before. I'll be fine. Rooting for the Cowboys is like getting an annual colonoscopy that's not covered by insurance, but I'm used to it. I'm not going to do anything threatening to my body except maybe eat my feelings away at Carl's Jr. On the other hand, I also think it's dumb to get ridiculed by other 52-year-old men, Harry. I mean, look at these hilarious memes. Tech in a bakery making turnovers. Can you can you imagine? Oh, the Stevie Wonder saying the Cowboys look good. Get it? Because he's blind. Oh, there's Dak again on the cover of Doritos bag that reads Nacho Year. Please. 
I can't, I can't. This is all even funnier than the bear and that laugh fest one comedy of the year. And none of these are to be outdone by the gift that keeps on giving. Hit it, Jimmy. How about them, cowboys? Ah, yes, the icing on the colonoscopy cake. Coming too. All right, here's more on my cowboys and my crappy friends. Last Sunday, the Packers were, I don't know, six minutes into their opening drive, and I was already hearing from my fraudulent Patriot fan friends, all adamant that the cowboys need to bring in their beloved Bill Belichick to save the franchise. You guys have to hire Belichick. He just needed a quarterback that doesn't suck. Trust me, he's your guy. It's a no-brainer. Oh, and put all your money into Bitcoin, Belichick, and Beanie Babies. None of it matters because the other day the Cowboys went out and re-signed Magic Mike McCarthy for another year. But the point is, it's not bad enough. I have to watch my team get destroyed in the playoffs. Now I have all these wicked GM managers telling me to take the coach they couldn't wait to get rid of. It reminded me of the episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm when Larry had his assistant foisted on him by some dude named Jimmy Kimmel. Patriots fans telling you that your team needs to hire Belichick is like when people tell you that you really should have kids or go get another dog. Join the misery, please. It'll be fun to have someone to talk to about this. These Belichickans actually made me feel worse about my team's sorrowful situation. Now, in addition to being bummed out, I immediately went on the defensive. We gave you Zeke Elliott and threw in a Salvation Army bucket. You're offering us a 71-year-old sourpuss who went 4-13 and this season. Where was this kind gesture 15 years ago? Hell, where was it 15 months ago? Anyway, taking New England's sloppy seconds would have made me feel like cheating, which I know Patriots fans are okay with, but I'm not. I'd rather the Cowboys build their own dynasty. And besides, if there's one Belichick I wanted, it was this one. Look at Steve. What a beautiful maniac. Who wouldn't want to go into battle with him or a battle of the bands? Either way, we found our new defensive coordinator. Sign him up, Jerry. Cover three. This past Monday, the Buffalo Bills snowplowed the Pittsburgh Steelers 31-17 in advance to the divisional round to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. But it's the Bills fans that deserve a hand and a hand warmer as they once again came to the rescue, shoveling a snow-filled stadium prior to the game. Now, most of these snow angels did their job, and then some of them treated it like it was their very own frozen water park. I'm not sure it's the best idea to be giving the guys who jump through tables lit on fire like hardcore wrestlers, even more access to the stadium, but I guess you get what you pay for. Buffalo offered these fans $20 an hour to clean up the blizzard. $20. Leonardo DiCaprio didn't see that much snow in The Reverend, and he got an Oscar. The franchise is valued at $4 billion, and the locals are risking their lives for $20 an hour? I must have missed something. Did Ebenezer Scrooge purchase the bills? Next season, we should be giving these snow-shoveling superheroes incentives, just like the players get. If you shovel an entire section of snow, it's an extra hundred bucks. If you shovel more than four hours, you get your very own Siberian Husky. Eight hours gets you a life-size statue of Josh Allen made out of previously eaten buffalo wings. Anyway, let's give an avalanche of applause to the Bills fans. This is the type of thing that can only happen in Buffalo, which was unsurprisingly recently named the nicest city in America. If this was New Jersey and MetLife was snowed in, Tommy DeVito's agent would have demanded shoveling via union job while negotiating one-hour ZD breaks. So, once again, nice job, Buffalo, getting that stadium in playing condition, and also great work burying former offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey in a snowdrift where no one will ever find him. 
Have a fork. Speaking of snow, there was a player who gets paid a lot more than $20 an hour that did not exactly step up in the frigid conditions last week. Yes, it was one of the few narratives going into the weekend that held true. Tua sucks in cold weather. Maybe you've heard of it. It ended up being accurate. Field temperatures reached a balmy minus 5 degrees in Arrowhead, which coincidentally matched Tua's minus 5 passer rating. Instead of throwing frozen ropes, Tua's passes were just frozen. And I'm going to go on the record and say that this is kind of an issue because unless the schedule makers overdose on tryptophan, it's looking like playoff games will continue to be played in the dead of winter. So it's important that the best player of your team not wilt like a daisy when confronted with less than ideal weather conditions. And it's equally as important that this is snuffed out before the draft. Let's think about this for a second. The NFL sets forth all these useless tests for quarterbacks. Uh, the Wonderlick, they measure a player's vertical leaping ability, that's practical. They even measure hand size, all pointless exams. Who cares if your franchise quarterback has got Andre the Giant mitts? None of it matters if he's gonna crumble like my grandmother when the thermostat goes south of 76 degrees. This flaw needs to be detected before the draft. How about at the combine, they have a machine that blasts snow on the quarterbacks as they're doing the cone drills. Put them in a meat locker, measure their cold plunge tolerance, have them run a 40 in an ice rink. This is what matters in January and February. All I'm saying is there's no point in having 20-year-old Tua Tagovailoa race Apollo Creed in Malibu when he should be training for Drago in Siberia. The easy fix for Miami is to stick with Tua for the regular season and then sign thermodynamic journeyman Ryan Fitzpatrick. Or better yet, go out and make a long-term deal with a contestant on Naked and Afraid. All right, that does it for cover four. Now it's time for my irrationally angry attempt to make rational sense of a somewhat irrational bet. It's Wager Agent. All right, I want to talk about a controversial subject in sports. Curses. Not the Javon, Jaron, or Jermaine types. The curses that some people believe in and a lot of times let control their lives. The curse of the Bambino, the Madden cover curse. Curses extend to pop culture, too. There's the curse of the Kardashians, the curse starring Nathan Fielder and Emma Stone. Great season finale, by the way. Be sure to check it out. Anyway, there are no shortage of alleged curses currently in effect. And before last weekend, I didn't believe in any of them. And then... This happened on the Ringer Wise Guys show. I was presented with a trophy for having the top regular season best bet record on the panel. I know, it's hard to believe. Our producer Jack's wife made the award at home. Kind of cool. Couple W's for Wise, wager, winner, shiny, sparkly. Pretty much everything you'd expect out of a homemade trophy constructed 20 minutes before the presentation. And as I'm showing off the award, wouldn't you know it, the thing starts to crumble like an imploded Vegas casino. And then again. We got a good laugh out of it in the studio because I figured the playful misery ended there, but I was wrong. I went on to go O for my next six giving out picks, which included this. Here's Prescott over the middle. It's going to be picked off and no one in front of him. None of it made sense. And then it quickly made sense after I found out that producer Jack's wife was, are you ready for this? A Green Bay Packers fan. I had been cursed by producer Jack's wife, who seemed like a delightful lady the one time I met her at my Halloween party. I don't know, maybe she caught food poisoning from my candy corn casserole and held it against me. I don't know where we went wrong. The point is, I am doomed until she finds it in her heart to lift the curse. So please proceed with caution as I give out this bedeviled wager rager pick. Apologies to Jordan Love, but after he caused me so much misery, I'm spraying my jinxy stench all over him this week and taking the greatest Packers quarterback 
over the last two decades to throw for over 300 yards. That's an adjusted plus 310. Not in a winning effort, mind you. Lots of garbage time yards for Jordan Love as the 49ers get out to a big lead. Go to FanDuel Sportsbook and put that in right now. And when it hits, you can thank me and Jack's wife later. Hey, we have a great show for you today. Later on, Hall of Famer Andre Reid joins us. He tells us why this year is different for the Buffalo Bills. And when we return, it's a divisional round breakdown with Brother Bry. Will the underdog Texans or Packers pull off another upset? Only I have the answer on Cousin Sal's winning weekend. Stick around. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah. A toast to breakfast. All right, welcome back to Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend. Hey, Buffalo Bills legend Andre Reid coming up in a bit. We have four huge playoff games this weekend, and who better to break it all down with than this guy from our Against All Odds podcast, brother Brian Sicoli. What's happening, Brian? What's going on, buddy? Brian, I have to ask, do you remember Andre Reid and those Bills teams from the early 90s? Of course. That, Sal, that was peak football for me. That was, that was the highlight, right? Because I was a Raiders fan at that point. You know, I'm, Obviously, I'm a Raiders fan forever, right. but that was the biggest years of being a Raiders fan. Like, don't forget, you know, you had Bo Jackson getting hurt in that Bengals game yeah. right before leading into that that AFC championship with, with the Bills, and they lost, what was it, like 51-3 to 51-3, like that. that's right. Yeah. I couldn't be more uh, depressed <laughs> after that game. It's funny, but there was, there was always something very likable about the Bills, maybe because they just never won it. Yeah. I always, as, it, as the years progressed, even though as a Raider fan, I hated them, but I was still kind of rooting for them once they got to like the third or fourth Super Bowl. I agree, and it sucked because I went to school in upstate New York where everybody was a Bills fan, and everyone I knew was an a-hole, and I think Mikey Meatballs, who went to the University of Buffalo, could attest it's tough rooting for that team with those fans. I know they're diehards, but they really do. They stick it to you, too. And it was great being a Cowboys fan back then. So I couldn't root for them at all. But it was a likable team. Andre Reid definitely like. I hope Andre Reid doesn't see this and uh, decide not to do the interview. But anyway. Sal, I thought you said uh, it's the nicest. Aren't they the nicest people? Supposed to be the, the Oswego, New York version of Bills fans of Buffalo is not the nicest. I can tell you that much. Okay. I don't know how okay. that uh, factors in if anyone's going to write an article about that. Uh, how'd you do last weekend, Brian? We had wild card weekend. Which game was uh, best to you? Well, I had a solid weekend. You know, I, I did. I will say I got killed by the, the Cowboys. Mm. But I told you I told you last week, my big bet, I, I said I was going to put a lot of money on the Chiefs money line. Yeah. I had a little bit on the spread, but I had a lot of money on the money line. And it, it couldn't have been. That's good. Yourself. That's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. And you paid for Peacock. You're all set for like the next three years. Oh, yeah. You're all set. All yeah. right. Listen, we have four coming up here. Here's a good thing about me going like one in five. I was so terrible last week. I don't really have a lot of grudge bets this week because everyone screwed me, you know? So I could just kind of look at this with a plain viewing, a plain palette. You know what I'm saying? If that's good or bad, I'm not sure. But let's start with Baltimore, nine and a half point favorite, 44 and a half against Houston. Uh, Houston pulled off a slight upset at home. I wish I had seen it coming. I think you had Houston, right? You had them over Cleveland? 
Yeah, yeah, I was uh, myself and Parlay Kid. Oh had Houston. man, they yeah. took care of one of the top five pass defenses of the century, which for some reason doesn't travel when it goes on the road. There's like a 16 point difference. But anyway, then you got Baltimore coming off the bye, and they really went next level after they beat the 49ers on Christmas Day. But they haven't played a meaningful game, and it's going to be three weeks, right? Because they had that week 18 against the Steelers. Didn't really care before that. Now the week off. Now they're back. They also get Mark Andrews back, we think, but they lose Marlon Humphrey in the secondary. I'm going to take the points here, Bri. I'm taking the Texans. I've decided I'm backing one of the two first-time quarterbacks playing on the road. C.J. Stroud hasn't thrown an interception since November 11th. That's six straight games, nine touchdowns in that span. Again, with Humphrey out, that helps uh, Lamar. Struggles against the spread, especially at home. He's 213th in the last 20 years, 213th best quarterback on at home against the spread as a home favorite, uh, just 12 and 18, playing in the early afternoon spot. It's so funny, they give the Texans the shaky spot again the next week, and it hurts Lamar, at least trend-wise, 12 and 18 against the number. I, I think Houston ends up losing, but I think Ravens' offense is slow out of the gate. We often see one of these bye teams with a slow start. 23-16. I'll say Ravens win the game, but don't cover. Yeah, look, I like it. I like the Texans plus nine and a half. It's just a little bit too much for me to back the Ravens here. And we've seen Harbaugh struggle in this spot before, right? And like you said, they may get off to a slow start since they really haven't played in three weeks. And if you think they're going to get off to a slow start, I think you have to think about maybe the Texans first quarter at plus 172 Mm. or the Texans for the first half at plus 225. Look, Stroud just makes a ton of big plays, right? He's going to be able to extend enough drives, I think, to keep him in this game. And I will say the Texans' defense has been a little underrated. They get to the quarterback when they have to. And the Texans are 4-1 and as an underdog on the road. And the one game, Sal, that they did not cover was the first matchup between these two in week one. Yeah. And if you remember that game, it really was a close game. It essentially came down to... The Texans did not convert a fourth down on their side of the field, and they had a fumble at, at some point in that game. So I think they keep this one really close, and they stay within the nine and a half. Now, let me ask you this. Would a John Harbaugh loss be as bad as the Jim Harbaugh win was good at this point? Um, no. I mean, I think I think as a Michigan, as, as a Michigan fan or somebody rooted for Michigan, mm-hmm. I think you'd have to say that is a that is a bigger win. I think what we after what we saw from the Cowboys last week, Sal, yeah. would you be surprised at any result right no. now? I wouldn't. No, be. I don't. I wouldn't be. No, if the Cowboys play anyone, I don't care. They, <laughs> they, they play your your kids uh, basketball team in football. Uh, they would still lose. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I, I think it's a, but what a what a dichotomy it would be between the Harbaugh's if uh, John lost this one. Dynamite AFC title game as long as the Ravens advance. All right, let's give uh, out some props here. I like Nico Collins to have 80 or more receiving yards. I'm sorry, I'm not doing you any favors with the VIG. It's minus 132, but I need winners. And he's had almost 100 yards and a touchdown last week. He's hit 80 plus yards in his last three and five of his last six. In nine of his last 15, he had 80 against the Ravens in that game you talked about where the Texans' offense didn't even really show up. And again, Humphrey out. They're going to have to move some things around in that secondary. Uh, I like Nico Collins, 80-plus receiving yards, minus 132. I like this prop a lot. What do you got? I like that, Sal, because he's been he's been money, Collins. Yeah. Uh, I, I, if you backed him, you, you've made a lot of money here. Uh, I'm going Isaiah Likely to score a touchdown, anytime touchdown, plus 195. Now, I know, like you said, Mark Andrews is practicing. Mm-hmm. He may see the field on Saturday, 
But you'd have to believe, right, if he does play, it's going to be limited. They don't really want to rush him back too much. But look, likely has been one of the best tight ends in football since Andrew, Andrews went out. And he gives them a more dynamic receiving threat that can really stretch the field. And look, I, likely has scored five touchdowns in the last five games, a touchdown in four or five of those. And Houston has given up 103 receptions to opposing tight ends, which is the second worst in the league hmm. this season. So I think plus 195 for a likely touchdown is a good number. three. That's a good number. All right. Uh, let's go to the night game Saturday night here. This is not on Peacock, right? Everyone could trash their um, no. membership, whatever they have there. Nine and a half, another nine and a half. The 49 is nine and a half point favorite against the Packers. 50 and a half is the over under. Do you know no team in history has beaten the Cowboys and the 49ers in playoff in a one playoff year? That is true. Wow. Not making it up. Interesting. So the way I looked at it, and maybe someone who went one and five, you don't care, but I thought like one of the two first-year quarterbacks on the road, first-year playoff quarterbacks, I should say, was going to do well, and then the other was going to struggle or their team was going to struggle. I picked Stroud to keep it close, and I think the Niners are going to roll. Give me nine and a half here. I'm laying the points here. Uh, when Debo and Christian McCaffrey are starting, they're 16 and seven against the spread. Um Nothing against Jordan Love. In fact, I picked him for adjusted yards over in the wagerager. But he's not going to see plays, Brian, where a third of the field, a third of the freaking field is unguarded by a Cowboy <laughs> a player in the secondary. It's just not going to happen. Aaron Jones, not going to run to his heart's desire, right? He's not going to have like 150 yards rushing. This 49ers defense, we went over it yesterday on Against All Odds, only allowed one 60-yard rusher in the last nine games. Uh, it's just a different matchup. No element of surprise. They're not going to sneak up on the 49ers. Um, the defense is not as one-dimensional as the Cowboys, and their coaching is far, far better. Shanahan, 4-0 against the spread at home in the playoffs. 31-16, Brian, that's my final score. Ooh, that's a good number, 4-0 against the spread right. in the playoffs. Uh, but I, I'm going the other way, Sal. Nine and a half, again, I feel like this is just a little bit too high based on how the Packers have been playing. And the, like the Packers have been extremely well-rounded well well-rounded offensively the last four weeks. Jones has been running the ball well. And even when teams get pressure, right, Love has thrown off his back foot so well. Now, And I, I know I might be inflating what the Packers did based on that garbage Cowboys yeah. performance, but I don't know. I'm not really that sure. You know, I think this is a game. Look, if the Packers come out like they did against the Cowboys and they score first, we have a game. And if I'm the 49ers, I'm I'm nervous playing behind against the Packers. And, and if you look at the 49ers, three and five against the spread at home this season, and the Packers were seven and four against the spread as an underdog, I think they can keep this close. I'm expecting a good game. And Sal, this is what I was saying. It wouldn't shock me if anybody gets upset, right? Because the Packers, look, they they had a monster game against the Cowboys. They had monster games against the Chiefs and Lions too within like the last six, seven mm -hmm. weeks. So I, nothing surprises me right now with the Packers. It looks good. They look good. They look solid on all fads and they're a young team, but it doesn't seem to matter. Not scared of anybody. I will say, so this is the trick, right? Out of the four teams that advanced from last week, only really the Lions can you say, wow, they beat up, they beat a good team. They didn't beat up. They beat a good team. And, uh, you know, we're pretty impressive uh, in doing so. The other teams, I don't want to take credit away from, uh, you know, Tampa Bay, Green Bay, or Kansas City. But those, the, their opponents did not show up at all, right? So I don't know right. how much credit we want to give those teams for advancing. I don't know, had they played somebody, let's say they played the Rams. I don't know that it would have been the same result. All right, let's go to a prop here. I'm going to have the same game parlay 
for this game later in the show. But for now, Brandon Ayuk, 80-plus receiving yards. That's an adjusted number. I'm going 80-plus again, plus 134. Week 18, guys, we're in and out. But the previous two games, he had 113, 114. He's at 80-plus in seven of really 15 games played. The Green Bay secondary, not great, despite what we saw last week, I promise. They gave up 337 to Mahomes, 353 to Baker, 387 to Dak, even last week, even 312 to Bryce Young. There's 80-plus in there for Brandon Ayuk. That's my prop. Who do you like? Um, yeah, I'm going to go with McCaffrey over 89.5 rushing yards, Sal. Like, it appears McCaffrey at this point is fully he- healthy from that calf injury. He had three weeks to rest it, and this seems to be the game. I'm expecting a full dose of McCaffrey. He should get close to 20 carries and 25 overall touches. And look, before that last non-competitive game against Washington that he had, McCaffrey ran for a minimum of 93 yards and averaged 114 yards over a five-game span. And that included even games against the Ravens where he went for over 100 yards. And look, the Cowboys, when you think about it, it is weird. The Cowboys couldn't exploit it, but the Packers were the fifth worst in rushing yards allowed. And they gave up 4.4 yards per carry. So I do think... Even though I have the Packers covering this one, I do think McCaffrey has a monster game here and goes over 89 and a half. All right, Brian, we're going to take a quick break. Now, let me ask you, you didn't, uh, you don't want to change anything, right? Because once I throw the commercial, you're locked in. You understand how that works? That's all right. I'm all good. All right. I'm locked in. Coming up, Lions are at home again. Can they beat Baker and the Bucks for a trip to the NFC Championship? Patrick McHolmes goes on the road to take on the Bills. Brian and I tackle it all next on Cousin South 21. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. All right, welcome back to Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend. We are in playoff form. Hall of Famer Andre Reed is coming up, and I'm still joined by one-third of the D3 from Against All Odds podcast. Brother Bri, we just gave out our picks for Saturday's divisional games. Bri, I asked you if you wanted to change any. It's too late, so don't say yes now, but you are locked in, so we're moving on to Sunday. You ready? I'm ready. I just wish you called me a Hall of Famer. That would have been so nice. Yeah, I know. So nice. I, I can call you that. Who's going to look it up anymore? There's so much, so many lies on the internet. It doesn't really matter. Hall of Famer, Brother Bry. Let's start us off. Detroit, Sunday. This is the early game. Six and a half point favorite. 48 and a half. Tampa Bay comes to town. Tampa Bay looked great last week, I have to say. Maybe it's because Philly was the most fraudulent. The Cowboys were the most fraudulent playoff team. But I like to put Philly in that same sentence there. I know they were in the mix. Uh, I'm not saying the Lions are going to rest on their laurels, but Brian, I wonder if the attitude is a little little more relaxed now that they got the monkey off their back there. They got, you know, they got their that home playoff win by the skin of their teeth over the Rams. Uh, The fans are excited. The Lions are excited. Well, let's not forget, they scored three points in that second half, the Lions. So, didn't really light it on fire in that second half. They came out like gangbusters. I'm taking the Bucs. I'm doing it. I'm taking them plus six and a half points. Uh, Baker, seven and one against the spread in the last eight. He is the most profitable ATS underdog quarterback all year at nine and three. I am picking them to win the game. 28-24, Baker Mayfield going to the NFC Championship game. What do you got? 
Well, I like that. So like, I haven't picked a side yet, but I am leaning with you on Tampa here. And, and like you said, both teams though, both two best teams against the spread 12 and six, both of them. Mm-hmm. So it, it does make it tough, but I, I kind of like calling for a little bit of an upset here, but I'm going to go over 48 and a half. Like the first matchup was 20 to six, but both offenses weren't clicking at that point in time. Now Mayfield, we, we said this last week, he was zipping the ball around right against the Eagles. And mm-hmm. I expect a lot of passing yards by both teams. The Lions and Bucks are both in the bottom five in passing yards allowed. And you saw with the Lions, right? They gave up a ton of yards to Stafford. Even in games, they, you know, the other games against Dak, Dak had a huge game. Mullins in back-to-back games against the Lions had put up monster numbers here. So the back end for the Lions is weak. And I, I do think the Lions come out offensively and play well. I think they get off to a hot, hot start. They are 6-3 and three on the overs at home. So I think this is a 30-24 to 24 type game, Sal. A lot of people playing the Lions on a teaser with the over, maybe the Lions on the under. I think the over is safer right there if you can get it at 42.5 on a teaser, but 48.5 is good too. Yeah, we looked at it. I don't think it's going to be as easy, people, as you think, to take all four favorites, home favorites, to advance. It hasn't happened. We look back, Brian, right? It hasn't happened like four or five years. It's always three and one. So. There's going to be don't, a snag not, in there. Do not tell Parlay Kid that. Yeah, I'm not going to tell him that. <laughs> he can do what he wants. All right, uh, Brian, prop-wise, I'm going Baker, most passing yards this weekend. This is on Fandle. It was 7-1. And our producer, Jack, I don't know, maybe his wife put a spell on the odds because it went down to 5-1. to one. But anyway, Baker, 337 last week, 309 in the Dome against the Saints a couple weeks ago, 381 versus Green Bay a few weeks ago. You might think they're garbage yards. I think they're going to be, it's going to be a close game, obviously, if I'm picking them to win. And I think he actually, like, steps up. But if you like the idea that the Lions get to a big lead, that could be another way he arrives at this number. Most passing yards for the weekend, Baker Mayfield, plus 500. What do you have? I like that too, Sal. Uh, I'm going to go with the anytime touchdown. I'm taking a David Montgomery anytime touchdown at minus 110. Uh, and I was wrong on Montgomery. Like I had him on the under for, I think, the yards for the season. I wasn't expecting a lot from him, but the guy has been a touchdown machine, right? He's scored in four straight. He has 14 rushing touchdowns in 15 games. He has scored a touchdown in all but three games this season. And one of those games he left really early. So I think this is a pretty – and that might have actually – was that against – trying to think who that might have been against the Bucks. Yeah. I, I this is a pretty safe play at even money here Sal so I I think Montgomery sometimes sometimes he hits this early so this could be a, a nice winner right off the bat yeah they load both those guys up they give them every opportunity to score right down there by the goal line all right uh now this is the night game this is the one everyone's looking forward to we're going to talk to Andre Reed about this we're going to ask him if he's going to be shoveling because the early pictures now I know they have a few days to dig it out but my God, it looks as bad as last week. Where I don't know how anyone's getting to their seat. And that's just the seats. I don't know the field. I know they have help. $20 an hour bribe. Maybe I should do it after going one and five. I don't know. I get, if I fly out there and just shovel for 309 hours, I, I think I would actually make a profit. But anyway, here's the problem with this game. I like the Bills, but our friend Harry loves the Bills. He was 0-6, and he's so confident in the Bills. And he always picks against the Chiefs, and he always loses in the last minute, and he always blames the referees, whether he's right or wrong. And I don't see it any other way. He says 48-20, Buffalo. I don't know what to do. Don't, don't you feel like you're, we're jinxed? We got the Kansas City curse on us here? Well, I, I hate this so much, Sal, because you know as a Raiders fan how much I hate the Chiefs, so I'm pulling right. big time. I'm pulling big time for the Bills, right? I want the Bills to win. And then he comes out yesterday. 
And he just, he's just gone on the Bills. Everything, you know, Bills are going to win 48 to 20. Uh, Pagula, the tennis player, the, the owner of the Bills' daughter is going to win the Australian Open. She's knocked out. She's not even close. close. Right, the podcast I don't even think had posted and she was knocked out. She didn't even knocked get to Knocked out play. immediately. Yeah. Didn't even, yeah. You didn't even, you know, she was done before anybody uh, even listened to it. So right there, I think this is just a major... A major jinx job here by Harry, and I hate it because I'm really pulling for the bull, uh, Bills, but I, uh, it's, it stinks. I'm going to take them anyway. I'm taking the Bills minus the two and a half points. Um, Josh Allen versus teams. Now, the Chiefs allow 16.7 points per game. Josh Allen versus teams allowing 20 or fewer. He's 26 and 1 against the spread. 20 6 1. That's 77%. And by the way, I'm not convinced the Chiefs receiving woes are solved. The Dolphins were abysmal last week. Damn it, Harry. I'm so torn now, but I know he's got his mush all over it. 26 21 bills win this game and cover what do you well look i think sal worst case if this loses you could just blame it big time on harry but um i'm taking i'm gonna take casey and adjusted line of plus three and a half at minus 140 i'm not fully comfortable yet with the two and a half even though i'm gonna also take that as well uh but i just i'm very convinced this is gonna be a really close game and and the chiefs haven't looked right offensively all season but one thing is the defense has been very good and in the playoffs, I just get the sense Mahomes, like he did against the Dolphins, he'll make enough plays with his legs when he needs to to get a few scores to keep this close. And I will say, let's not act like this Bills team has been beating up teams. Really, I still think in the last four weeks, yeah, they haven't looked great. You know, Cook isn't running the ball like he was earlier when, when what we saw against the Cowboys. So I think in order for them to win and cover easily – Allen has to be turnover free and Cook has to have a monster game running the ball. I don't necessarily see that happening. I just think it's really, really close. So give me KC getting three and a half. All right, boy. Oh, I hope it's good. I hope it's every bit as good as we're seeing it now. By the way, what's your ideal favorite weather game in January? Mine, I think I would say is 30 degrees, not wet, 30 degrees, snowy, but not so cold that everybody has to change their offense around the game. Would you say it's about that? Yeah, I mean, that's fun. I mean, it's nice having one game like that, you know, with a little bit of the weather element. Yeah, it's not, the ball's not slick, so guys can still catch the ball. Guys aren't slipping all over the field. That That's what you worry about in these games. Yeah. You don't, you know. Um, but yeah, that that's ideal. We want one of these games to have a little bit of stuff. All right, all that said, and I know you mentioned Allen throwing interceptions, and he is amongst the worst with that, in that in, over the last three years. I think he is the absolute worst over the last three years. But he's a winner. You got to stand by him. Patrick Mahomes, also a winner. I'm picking him to throw an interception. That's my prop here. Minus 122. Bright, he's thrown an interception in six of the last seven road games he's played this year. Four of his last five games overall, including Buffalo, he's thrown an interception. I just think it's going to happen. It might not even be his fault. Might be one of these idiot Kadarius Tonys could bounce off his helmet and into a uh, secondary, you know, safety's hands or something. Give me Holmes interception minus one twenty two. What's your? I, I like that. I would probably maybe play both of the quarterbacks and yeah. figure worst case you get a split. I could see them both throwing uh, interceptions. But I'm going to take Dalton Kincaid over forty and a half receiving yards. Really love this low number, and I love the fact that this guy was named after Patrick Swayze's character in Roadhouse. <laughs> it's crazy, right? Uh, but outside of Diggs, Kincaid has become Allen's go-to guy, right? And Gabe Davis, 
he's either out again or playing injured. Uh, so yeah. I don't think this is going to change. Kincaid's still going to be the second option here. Kincaid has gone for 59 yards, 84 yards, 87 in his last three games. And while the Chiefs linebackers, I think they do a pretty good job covering the tight end. This is really just one or two big plays for Kincaid. And I, I trust this guy at this point to make that. So I think uh, 40 and a half is pretty low here. So. All right. I love Kincaid. I liked him to score last week. I think it was plus 350. I like his receptions over all the yards. Fandle, let's go to some of these specials now. Kincaid being one that I was thinking about here. A touchdown scored by a touchdown uh, uh, by a tight end. TD is touchdown. TE is tight end, Brian. In each divisional round game is plus 650. You need a tight end to score in each of the four games. I love this. Last week there were a bunch. Schultz, Musgrave, Ferguson times three. Laporta, Kincaid, Knox, Goddard, nine tight end touchdowns over six games. And a lot of these guys are going to be back to play this week. Mark Andrews may be back. I love this prop at plus 650. I I think, uh, I don't know, maybe there's even a way to hedge out of it when it comes down to that last game. I think we could get like, we can get like three and and be looking at a plus 650 going into the last one. That's a great one, Sal, because pretty much everybody has options, right? Right. That first game, like you said, Houston, you could go Schultz, you go Likely. Even the night game, you go Kittle. And then one of the Packers tight ends, you know, they've been stepping up a little bit. So there's definitely a lot of, a lot of plays here, Sal. So I like that one. Mine, I really like too. It's, it's a combination here. So it's, it's Aiden Hutchinson, Chris Jones, and Ed Oliver all to record a half, sack plus so as long as they each get at least a half a sack this hits at 11 to 1 now look at this though Hutchinson I know Harry was talking him up he's been a monster seven sacks in his last three games now Chris Jones and Chris Jones didn't even play the last time against the Bills that's something Mm -hmm. to think about too because this guy's money this guy is money in the playoffs He's had at least a half a sack in four straight games now here. So I really like him as well. And Ed Oliver is maybe the one you have to worry about a little bit here. But the guy, best season of his career by far, still still young, only 26 years old. He has three sacks in his last four games here. So mm. 11-1 for all three of those guys to at least just to record a half a sack. Really, I like love it. that. So a half is good. A half gets half you is good. push, half right? Is okay. good. No, no, three halves and you win. Three oh, halves three. Oh, oh I see. Right, right. Need. It's a win. Right. That's okay. all you need. All right. The only bad thing about it is Harry was talking up Hutchinson. But yeah, there's nothing we could do about that. <laughs> Maybe no one was listening. All right. I'll give you another one here. McCaffrey, most rushing yards in the playoffs, plus 155. Now, I know he already lost out a game, right? Everybody who played last week has a head start. Aaron Jones leads with 118. I obviously I'm counting on him being out this being you know two games and done McCaffrey plus 155 um, you know either one of Pacheco or Cook will go out they're at about 79.89 I did all the math here it's not a ridiculous head start is what I'm saying here plus those AFC teams will be dogs at a uh, at Baltimore McCaffrey could break off 130 he has games of 145 and 152 this year uh, this year, he can easily make up the difference. Give me McCaffrey plus 155 most rushing yards for the playoffs. What do you got? Yeah, that's a good one, Sal. But I'm going to go with uh, a, a one that you get some high odds on here. And it's Lamar to have the most passing yards in the playoffs at 16 to 1. He actually has the worst odds of, wow. of all the quarterbacks. But I'm taking a flyer here because, look, he is very much a wild card, right? Like with the speed, all of a sudden this season is different from others because that receiver at tight end, they have a ton of speed all over the place. So there's definitely a possibility that Lamar could throw for close to 300 yards every game. And look, the better teams they played 
the the bigger games he had dolphins 49ers rams lions those were his best games this year against the the better team so i wouldn't put anything past lamar here i think he could have monster games i just really hope harbaugh lets him loose in the playoffs and is not conservative because if harbaugh is conservative that could be the downfall of the ravens here but i, I think at 16 to 1 the odds are a little ridiculous here all right, real quick, Bry. Now, I offered you a few weeks ago a Harbaugh, Harbaugh parlay. You passed on it, but let's just real quickly take, and we're not going to be able to do this next week, best odds value for a Super Bowl matchup. It seems like you would should have taken the Harbaugh, Harbaugh <laughs> parlay based on what you have here. I, I should have. Look, I'm not giving you a lot of value here. I'm taking the Ravens over the 49ers at 5-1. to one. I was thinking maybe the 49ers over Chiefs. I really just didn't feel like rooting for the Chiefs here. I wanted something. It's so hard, Sal. I wanted to say, like, give me the Packers or something, but it's so hard to put that team on I here. Know. But the Ravens and 49ers were just dominant pretty much all season for a few, with the exception of a few skids. And – is a good chance we see the one seeds like we did last year, right? The Chiefs-Eagles sure. were the one seeds. We saw them advance. I think we're going to see the same thing. So I have the Ravens over the 49ers again this season at 5-1. to one. All right, this doesn't offer much value either, but I think it'll be fun to have 49ers over the Bills, who Harry probably jinxed out of this equation. But 49ers over the Bills is plus 750. That'll be a fun one. Hey, either of those get there. I think we're okay. We did it, Bri. We really nice. did it. Oscar nominations, by the way, out on Tuesday. Any predictions before I let you go? Barbie, over under four and a half nominations? Um, over. Over. <laughs> All right. You over know, your five. nephew, Mikey five. Meatballs, has a big-time crush on Margot Robbie. What a weirdo, right? <laughs> <laughs> not, that's not his fault. That's, that's, a, that's a good one. That's yeah, good. I know. That's a good one. All right, you can follow Brother Bry on X, at the Brother Bry. Thanks for being here, pal. After the break, a man who played in 21 career playoff games and has a year's worth of postseason stats, Hall of Famer Andre Reid joins us. Stick around. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. All right, welcome back to Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend. Let's bring in our guest. This guy went from cuts down to Canton, a key member of the Buffalo Bills team and went to four straight Super Bowls. He shattered franchise receiving records and almost shattered his collarbone diving through a table, Bills Mafia style. One of our favorites, <laughs> Pro Football Hall of Famer Andre Reid is here. What's happening, Andre? What's up, Cousin Sal? I like it. I like it, man. It's uh, good to be on here. Andre, I have to ask, were you one of the people shoveling snow for $20 an hour in Buffalo last week? Uh, no, that was not me. No, <laughs> no you didn't do it. <laughs> but you know what? These Those fans have done that for years now. And yeah. they'll do anything for that team. And they had all these people out there this past you know, weekend shoveling just to, so people can watch the game and 
you know, people are sitting on snow. So that's, that's, that's what they're about. Funny. I, I mentioned they get $20 an hour. And so I'm, I was thinking to myself, they should get $50 an hour for doing this yeah. work. This is a billion dollar franchise. And, and then on the other hand, I'm like, they would probably do it. Some of these people for $3 an hour, or they would even pay. Maybe they, they wouldn't even pay. They do it for free. Cause that's, yeah. that's just the heart of those people. Like I said before, they, they will do anything for that football team. Now there's a name that's been attached to, you know, that franchise and that, that, that fan base and they're a great traveling team um, anywhere, you know, wherever the bills go, the, the bills mafia is there and um, they support that team. And that's why um, they're a big part of that community, a big part of that football team success. It seems like they still have a home field advantage in the cold weather, but I don't think there was ever an advantage. Like when you played on those bills teams back in the nineties, that was a huge yeah home field, cold weather advantage. But was there ever a point where you were like, screw this, this is too cold. We are human beings. We are not meant to play in this weather. For, for, or did you always welcome the Arctic blast? I, I'm sure. Well, I think we did both. We had to. It's not like we were going to, all right, man, I'm not playing today. I'm just going to sit in the locker room. We had to go out there and play in that. And we had to have that mindset that we used it as an advantage. I don't want to say the D word here, but you, you talked about that new stadium. Should that be a dome? No. The fans would go crazy. They, they're already going crazy now in case they do that. Buffalo is just one of those teams and one of those cities that it's weather and you have to play in it. And they're going to use that. Yeah, I agree with you. Well, although on the other hand, a lot of the show is right outside the stadium, right? As with this Bill's Mafia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of the a lot of the the annex and a lot of the crazy things going outside the stadium. But one thing about Buffalo fans, they just love you know, Sunday afternoons and Thursday nights and Monday nights. They love that. And and that's their time to show what kind of fan base they are. Yes, I think you bring up a good point. If you're going to assault somebody, assault yourself. And that's what the Bills are doing right there in the parking <laughs> assault lots, the right? Table. Yeah, exactly. yeah, assault the table. That's the way to do it. We mentioned quarterbacks. Uh, you have a pretty good one in Josh Allen. Seemed like everyone yeah. kept waiting for him last week to turn the ball over. And he never did. I know you watch him closely. Is this the best you've ever seen Josh Allen look? I, I'm just not only am I, you know, proud that he's the leader of this team and he's been the leader of this team the last six, seven years now. It's how he leads and what the example he brings every time he touches the ball and every time he's on the field. Josh is going to be Josh. He's going to make some mistakes. But nine times out of ten, he he, att he atones for those mistakes. And he comes back and he just... You just go, wow, some of the plays he makes are phenomenal. And that's just, you know, that's his resiliency. That's his belief in himself. And he's not going to let his team down. And, and that's just Josh Allen, the way he plays. I was saying earlier, out of the remaining quarterbacks, I think Josh Allen's legs are the best asset for any of the quarterbacks remaining yeah. in the playoffs. When he takes off, do you get worried when he goes running? Not, not you know, I don't. I don't because... No. You, you got to make a conscious decision if you're going to hit that guy. Mm -hmm. It is a business decision. I mean, he's 240 coming at you. Yeah. And Josh is not afraid of anybody. He'll run, he'll run over a linebacker. He's done that. He'll jump over you, too. He's done that. So that is a plus for this team that Josh can do that. Let's talk about that Kansas City-Buffalo game. Great, great yeah. matchup. I hope it's as good as, as it's hyped up to be. It's yeah, it always is. And not only does this, these two teams know each other, this is going to be one of those games where not only do they know each other real well, um, it's, it's going to be coaches versus players. Whoever makes the mistake and, and capitalizes 
on their each other's mistakes. Um, Mahomes and, and Josh Allen are two of the best in the game. All right, well, give it to us straight, Andre. The Bills are a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, I don't know if you're a gambling man, although anyone who would dive nah, to a guess. table shoulder first is a gambling man, I would say a little bit yeah. to some extent. What do you think? I, I think, yeah, I think you take that. I mean, it's going to be a three to seven point game. We'll just see, you know, it's going to be a, it could be a game for the ages, man. And, and again, it's Kansas city versus Buffalo. Yep. I mentioned your hall of famer, of course, congratulations on that. I talked to TJ Hushmanzada who said, I asked, what is your criteria? What should your criteria be for, uh, for hall of fame? He said the best at the position for five years straight. I think that's kind of strict, uh, right? That's a little harsh. I don't know how many wide receivers we get in. What would be your criteria for a Hall of Famer wide receiver? Um, I think that's, I think TJ hit it on the head there a little bit. But mm-hmm. I would say every time that guy steps on the field, do you have to attend to him every single time? Me, Chris, Carter, Tim Brown fought each other for years. So this year, you know, the last five to six, seven years, you got, Corey Holt, Reggie Wayne, Andre Johnson. Those guys could beat you in any way. I'm hoping this year one of these guys get in. I hope all three of them get in. And, and I've talked to Reggie, and I've talked to Andre Johnson, and I've talked to Tory the past years about it, that patience is a virtue. But these guys are deserving, no doubt about it. They all deserve to be in the hall. And I'm hoping this year, finally, after, what, four, five, three, four years, they didn't put a receiver in, one of these guys kind of, you know, breaks it. Yeah. It's interesting because Tommy DeVito's agent is definitely going to have a spot in the hall of fame. So that's not great for the guys you mentioned, Tor- Tory hold Andre John. Yeah. There you go. The hand gesture. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so, okay. But it's interesting what you say. So it's not all about stats in your eyes. It's no. this an- intangible of like presence. Did they have a presence that needed to be tended to? Right. Yeah. I, I think, I think the numbers because they've been, you know, so, obliterated because of the way the game is. Mm. I think you're going to see voters. That'll be a factor, but that's not going to be the main thing as the years go on. Like I said, it's going to be more team oriented uh, things and, and what kind of player he was, uh, what kind of locker room guy he was, what kind of this, you know, those, those all will be factors. Well, you've said it all, Andre Reed. You're a Hall of Fame guest. Do you have anything to plug? Will you be shoveling or jumping through tables anytime soon? No, no, not not really. Um, um, won't be doing that. There's, there's there's no snow out here in San Diego. Um, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, just looking forward to a good game uh, coming up on Sunday. This uh, uh, this is a rivalry. As long as Mahomes and and Josh Allen are are their quarterbacks, you know they're. They're going to, Buffalo, Kansas City is going to be a robbery for a while. Right. All right. Yeah. If it starts snowing in San Diego, you're going to know it's your fault, right? I mean, who are you going to blame? Well, I'm going to pack up and move for sure. Uh, <laughs> That'll be it. <laughs> yeah. But you can go to the mountains and get some snow. You know, you can go two hours, three hours this way and you can get some skiing in, but I'm not going to be there doing that. Not for yeah. you. All right. Hey, Andre, hope to catch you in Vegas Super Bowl week. The great Andre Reed. Thanks for joining us. You got it, man. Appreciate you guys. Hope to see you in Vegas. Definitely. All right. We'll be back with more Cousin Sal's winning weekend. Don't go away. This episode is brought to you by 7-Eleven. Cold slurpy drinks and a hot summer day are a match made in heaven. And your favorite refreshment just got even better. Let's talk about 7-Eleven's $1 small slurpy drink with seven rewards. It's the classic frozen fizzy treat you can't get anywhere else. I'm a blue raspberry guy. Just know that about me. Know that I'm going to be going forward anytime, 
there's a drink like this. I'm in on the blue raspberry. If you're feeling thirsty, feeling thirsty right now, how about going to visit a 7-Eleven valid through 1-7-25. 7-Eleven has the right to end this promotion early, plus tax, participating U.S. stores. See app for full terms. All rights reserved. All right, welcome back to Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend. Before we wrap things up, same game Sally here with another parlay. It involves that San Francisco Green Bay matchup. I like good things from the Niners. Let's adjust the spread to minus two and a half. Let's add CMC to score two or more touchdowns. He's done that five times this year. And Brandon Ayuk to have five or more grabs. He's done that nine times. It pays over four to one. Thanks again to Andre Reed. Good luck to your bills and brother Bry. Good luck paying yours this month. And most importantly, thanks to all of you for watching and listening. Please always remember, you may feel like an underdog, but just know you're all my favorite. Happy handicapping.